How many plants do you think you've killed in your lifetime? <laughs> Any guesses? Anyone? Hundreds? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I've professed up here before I'm a, I've committed plant genocide and I, unintentional. Uh, I don't know. But I, I was thinking about it. I'm going to guess 2020 was a very good year for plants because people were home a lot more. They had more time to try and care for them. And, you know, people were looking for at-home hobbies. So I wonder if it was a good year for plants. Unless maybe, you know, you have young kids, then there's no chance your plants made it through April. And if your plants died, well, you couldn't buy any new ones until they opened the greenhouses. I don't even remember when they did open them. But I don't, I've always found plants fascinating and frustrating. But there's something about them that connect us to our creator God. And when he created man and woman, he placed them in the garden with the command to work it and take care of it, as it says in Genesis 2.15. And so, on some level, each one of us has gardening in our DNA. That may be harder to believe for some of us, like me, whose office plant is currently dying. If any of you are good with plants, can you go look at it and tell me what I need to do to save it? I'd appreciate it. (laughs) And interestingly enough, Jesus Christ was known to use gardening and farming imagery as he would teach. So we're going to look at John 15 together today as we finish up our little mini-series, Hindsight Is. And I'm going to go ahead and guess that if you're anything like me, you're really just kind of sick about thinking about last year. You're just sick of it. Like, yeah, I am too, but we're still going to talk about it. But I promise we're going to move on. But because it was such a life-changing year, because so much happened— We have to sit in the yuck just a little bit to do our due diligence and process it so that we can move on in a healthy manner. So we're going to talk about it one more time here today, but then after that, we're keeping our eyes forward, okay? Does that sound good to you all? There it is. Good. I mean, if you want us to keep looking back, we can. No. Okay. Right on. Let's open God's Word, John 15, 1 through 17 today. For some of you, this may be a familiar passage. And yet it's one I continue to return to because, well, you'll find out. It's just so good. Hear the word of the Lord. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit, so they will produce even more. Now, you've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. But remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the true vine. You are the branches. And those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me, thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me 
and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me, so remain in my love. And when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Now I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment, to love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father has told me. And you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Thank God for the reading of his true word. So after a year that on first blush, first experience, just felt like a dumpster fire. It's easy, very easy, very tempting for us to try and brush it all off as one major loss. Just, it was all pain, it was no gain, let's forget about it and move on. And then we read this passage, which is all about producing fruit, and we wonder, man, this past year, was there any? What was the fruit? Where was the good? So we're going to consider that question as we look at the different teaching series that we as a church kind of went through uh, and our reading plans this past year to see if anything stands out for those of us who have experienced this. You know, last week we revisited our series called Stretched, but then we had a series called Momentum. Do you guys remember Momentum? If you were around last January, you may remember that we filled uh, Miller Auditorium and worshiped with our brothers and sisters, with a couple thousand of us, all gathering together to uni- in unity to worship God and to grow in our reach for Christ. And so we went through a series where we were looking at how do we grow in our mass and our velocity and all these different areas. And then all of a sudden, boom, things came to a screeching halt. Ironically, the last Sunday of that series was on unity, and that was the very first Sunday we had to shut down. (laughs) Do you remember that? (laughs) And yet we are united on Facebook Live. Now, a year where all momentum seemed to stop. As a church, I dare say we made some incredible steps. Steps of growth in these different areas that we had considered together. You may remember them. We're going to put them on the screen. These are the categories we're trying to grow in individually and as a church. As we, and so let's look at this and consider what fruit came from these things. First is love. Well, I felt succinctly the love of our church community while we were apart. We can no longer take for granted seeing each other every single week. And so we had to find ways to love each other well from afar. 
And we had to figure out uh, a deeper reliance in our prayer. And we even did an intentional study on prayer. And then our, our discipleship, while our adults and our kids and our students together have been equipped to grow in our own faith. We've had reading plan after reading plan, videos, and take-home activities, and we've all taken a little more ownership this past year of our own faith walk. And then when you consider our generosity, my goodness, in a year that would be very easy to not be generous, financially with our resources, y'all have been very generous, and we're deeply grateful. Leadership development, talk about each of our ministry leaders and key volunteers having to step up and learn new things and grow significantly with the different opportunities presented this year, myself included. And now evangelism, well, it's likely a strongest area of needed growth for us, and yet we got creative. When our major outreach efforts, you know, are all major huge events (laughs) that we couldn't do this year, Well, we found out other ways, smaller ways, tangible, relational ways to still connect with our community. And a sense of unity, well, yeah, highly divisive year. All things considered, we at Hope Church have remained quite unified. Now, of course, there's been some disagreements. There's been some turbulence. Isn't that expected anytime two or more people get together? It is. But we have rumbled our way through that graciously and together. And in the big things, we have remained united and we have stayed on focus together on mission. That to me shows a whole lot of fruit. And that's just on the church side. I can't speak individually for each of you what fruit may have come from this past year. That's a harvest. A harvest of external signs of fruitfulness But even more than that, I wonder what the internal work has been like for each of us. You know, if you consider the series, we talked about uh, Splash. You guys remember Splash? To dive down deeper in our walk with Christ so that we may reach out further. We had that cannonball analogy. And we talked about discovering joy when we uh, studied Philippians. Perhaps we're not able to find joy always, but as we seek a relationship with the one who gives us joy, well, we find our joy is not found in our circumstances, but in a never-ending Jesus Christ. And it was a time when our prayers were more raw, more desperate, more honest, more dangerous. And we were seeking to be people after God's own heart by developing our courage, our character, our confessions, and calling. And through all of our reading plans and drawing closer to God and letting his truth be the primary influence of our lives, we are seeking to have his voice be the loudest in a year with many loud noises. And what has that all accomplished? It may not look or feel like a growth, But what's been happening has been deeper. There's been an opportunity for a deeper strength where it matters. And it reminds me of this, where there is a growing system of roots that are connecting us to the solid ground of Christ and keeping us firm as the wind tries and knocks us down. Not just that, but roots that have been planted by streams of living water. It was a year of great pruning, but also rooting. The pruning hurts. No one wants to sign up for being pruned. And growing roots is slow, unseen business. You can't really track its progress. 
But both of them are essential to the Christian life, and both are necessary for the harvest. Some of you may be familiar with olive trees, something very common in uh, Jesus' neck of the woods back in the day. And the thing with olive trees are, if, if you just let them grow, if they're not pruned back, it grows too weak to support the olive. So as the fruit comes in, the branches would often break if they never pruned. They weren't strong enough to produce a fruit. So it would snap and be worthless. But if the branch is pruned back a few times, it grows back stronger each time, and then it can support and bear fruit upon fruit upon fruit. So the pruning, the rooting, they are essential to the Christian life, to being fruitful. And both have happened in abundance. So let's consider all of this in mind, the fruit, the pruning, the rooting, with our passage a little bit more closely. Jesus uses this vine and branch imagery to display to us our relationship with God. That we are to remain in Christ, connected to him as our source of life, relying on him for our strength, with the expressed purpose of bearing fruit for the gardener who is our Heavenly Father. And so the pruning is expected in our walk. In fact, in verse 3, it says, Jesus says, you've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Do you remember that first uh, sting of conviction or that first time that that belief started to simmer within you? When you heard God's true story of what he did for you, and when it finally started to make sense and click within you what it meant, oh man, what a feeling. It changed something in you. Your perspective, your worldview, it pulled back and it took away some false beliefs and replaced it with something good and true. That was that first pruning of Jesus's life-changing message in your life. And since then, the Holy Spirit continues to do his refining work in all of us. And so it's our desire, it's our goal, it's our hope that we can remain in Christ just as a branch is connected to a vine. And we remain in him by pruning back all the bad things that desire to take root in us. See, God will prune us, but we have an opportunity to do some self-pruning as well. And this past year, just like any year truly, we've had the opportunity to go a little bit wayward. Where perhaps some of us, or all of us in different ways, have been watering the wrong plants. Putting down roots where we probably shouldn't be. And misplacing our trust or caring about certain things that have actually led to division and increased anger and separation from God instead of unity in Christ. And yet Jesus, the true vine, is imploring all of us to be as connected to him as a branch is to a vine. So we are called to remain in Christ. And we do that not just by pruning back all the bad, but by drinking deep of the living water. That's to be in relationship with Jesus Christ through our prayers, reading his true word, participating in his family, the church. 
and by being connected to the source of life. When we do that, we might bear life-giving fruit. Fruit that is seen in answered prayer. Fruit that is seen in our joy. Fruit that is seen in our love and how we treat others. And this is all mentioned in this passage in verse 7 and 11 and 12. And then there's other fruit as well, the qualities of the Christian character that are shown in Galatians 5 and 2 Peter 1. As we know, Jesus tells us, we will be known by our fruit. We will be known by our fruit. And what we find is, as we live this rhythm of life that goes between pruning and bearing fruit, we may seek to remain in Christ, remain in his love, and love each other well as he loves us, we learn faithful living, it leads to fruitful lives. You may have been able to put down some strong roots this year. In fact, I'm willing to bet most of us have put down some strong roots and we don't even realize it yet this past year. And we are ready to reap a major harvest of fruit in abundance this year. And when you see that list of the fruits of the Spirit, you can kind of start to see signs of maybe some of those in your life. But we're all works in progress, and so some of us may feel like, oh, I've kind of strayed a little bit. I've been watering the wrong plants, like you said, and not much rooting has happened. I can't really see any fruit, let alone any roots. And That may be true and it may not, but what I can guarantee is we were all pruned this year, and a plant well pruned is a plant prepared for growth. So maybe your year was truly terrible and you feel distant and astray from God, but something in you wants that to change. Then today is that day. Today is the day to start watering the right plant again to remain in Christ and his love, and he will remain in you, and roots will grow deeper, and the fruit that is promised will come. Faithful living leads to fruitful lives, and fruitful lives leads to the Father's approval, to the point where our text says the Father will give us anything we ask for in his name. Because we're walking so in step with his will, that what we ask for is in a line with his will, and he can grant it to us. So this is how we can take this all home. This is what we can do with all this. I want us to consider together these questions. What fruit do you have in abundance? Consider the fruit of the Spirit. What what fruit do you have in abundance? You're like, you know what? That's probably the area I have the most of. And then what fruit are you lacking? That's for us all to consider because what we have in abundance, we give away. And what we are lacking, well, that's what we need to water and take root in. You know, it it reminds me of uh, any of you home gardeners out there who have like a tomato plant or something. And that harvest starts to come and all of a sudden there's a bunch of tomatoes growing. You get excited and proud when you see the fruit coming and, and, and you just cherish it. You want to, you know, my dad always tells me, hey, son, I, I got four tomatoes off the plant today. <laughs> Way to go, dad. 
we get excitement and joy and pride and a sense of fulfillment. That's what we feel. What we feel there, that's what the Father feels about you when you produce fruit. When we produce much fruit, we glorify God. And so we give out of that abundance. So looking at this list, if you're filled with joy, ooh, give it away. Because guess what? It will multiply. And, 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 and others need it right now more than you do. If you're filled with patience, ooh, a lot of us, me included, need some of that. Right? So you give it away and it will multiply. That's how economics work in the kingdom of God. What we give back, what we give out, God uses to multiply and make it reach greater than we ever could if we held onto it ourselves. What happens if your home garden produces an abundance? You're just overflowing with veggies. You are trying to give those away to everyone around you, right? I've met neighbors this way. They've come knocking at our door and say, I have a garden and I have way too many tomatoes I don't know what to do with. Would you like some? We give out of our abundance. We're willing to share when we have an abundance. We're happy to share out of an abundance. It fills us with joy to share out of an abundance. And if our garden produces a scarce amount, say your tomato plant only produces like a few tomatoes. We are very tempted to clutch onto that all for ourselves, aren't we? Like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't know how many more of these I might get. I'm going to just hang on to my tomatoes. I'm going to save you the ones that I've worked hard on to grow. And yet none of us want that. None of us desire that. We all desire abundance. And the beauty is, Jesus Christ in this passage gives us the formula. It's a challenging one, and yet it's a simple one. Remain in me. Remain in me. Remain in my love. You need to put down roots? Put them down in me. To grow? Water the life. Draw from the water of living life. Not from all this poisonous stuff. None of that. Draw from me. Remain in me, and my love will shine through you, and you will have an abundance, and I will use it to bless this world. Because that is what God has called us to do, to seek the king and further his kingdom. You feel like you may have put roots down somewhere else. Nothing is permanent. Dig those roots up and plant yourself once again in Jesus Christ. Maybe the last year was great for you. Maybe it was terrible for you. What does the year ahead look like? To me, it looks like a year of faith, a year of fruitfulness. You feel bad about the past? We start now. And I trust that God will prepare within you a bounty to share and multiply throughout his kingdom. Faithful living leads to fruitful lives. May it be so for each and every one of us right here, right now, this year. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for your never-ending faithfulness. We give you thanks for the way in which you care so well for us. We give you thanks that we can look back and see evidence of your fruit. And so we give you thanks, Lord. 
We pray right now that you reveal within us what we need to prune back. We pray that you go to work in the gentleness of your Holy Spirit to guide us forward into your abundance, Lord. And Father, we pray that you reveal to us the fruit that you have blessed us with so that we might give it and give it regularly and quickly to those you place in our path. We pray, Lord, that this year we may remain in you. That as a church community, you provide us each other to help bring each other back on the good and right path you've placed before us. We celebrate your call on each of our lives. And we just pray for that abundance, Lord. May it be so, may it be true in your kingdom as it comes into fruition here on earth. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.